ushers can see that. Just leave them on until you receive the card, then you can turn them off. Start in just a couple of minutes. said they can't hear me. They can now. If you need a giving envelope or a guest card, if you're first-time guest with us today, turn your emergency flashers on. First off, tune to 99.5 FM, and then you can hear. Yeah, we're going we're going we're going to take over this radio band. Wow FM. <laughs> wow, 99.5. That's it. So turn your emergency flashes on if you need a guest card or either a giving envelope. And our ushers will serve you. Thank you ushers so much for y'all's your help. We're getting our aerobics and exercise into this parking lot's a little bigger than inside. Thank you, Ellen. Okay, 10 o'clock. We're ready to roll. We want to be timely for you, and we just welcome you today. Just a few things out of the way. Get them out of the way, and then we'll pray and start. Uh, you're here today, and so you're going to hear this message and, and worship, and also live stream. People are live streaming. We welcome you that are live streaming, or even those of you who are seeing it at another time, other than this current live time. We also added a dimension today. If you know people that don't have a computer, they don't Google, they don't stream, they just, they just, they got a flip phone or they got a landline still at home. I'm not laughing at it, but we have a dial-in number and uh, we've been promoting it through the website and app and then uh, our daily little talk to you. And that dial-in number is 978 990 5161, and then there's an access code. So uh, we do have a way for those that just, you know, they don't have any other way to media device to listen. So we're adding dimensions. We, we're told we need a better sign, so we got a sign. You like the sign this morning? Let me hear you. We got some plants up here. We were told we need some plants up here. <clears throat> that was actually some men, men that said that. It may have been their wives that told them that we needed that. But anyway, they're here. So just trying to add something. And then Jeff South added some cameras here for a little extra dimension. So everybody's working hard. And I want to thank all of those that come here at least by 8 o'clock Sunday morning and set all this up. So thank them. <clears throat> and then I thank the Lord that he's held the rain back and answered prayer. And the rain's held back. Amen. Let's <laughs> go. Okay. All righty. Um, again, I think you know by now, the larger cars, SUV, uh, vans, and trucks, you're parking on the back line, our ushers and our parking lot folk are helping us do that, help you do it. Thank you for your compliance to do that so others can see, and uh, that's good. Um, you can roll your window down, so if you like to do that, you can do that. 
the only people out of the cars are those in the yellow vest and those that are up here. So you'll see us go inside because there needs to make room. We're trying to obey that no more than 10 people out on the lot type count. Good morning. Come on in. Find your place. Find your seat. <laughs> and uh, come on in. So uh, let's see. Offering envelopes. If you still need, if you're just rolling in, if you need a giving envelope, or again, if you're a guest for the first time, you can receive a guest card from our ushers if you turn your emergency flasher lights on and leave them on until they serve you. And uh, maybe honk your horn a little bit so they recognize you and uh, so they can locate you. And then, or you can fill it out online, wowcenter.org, or the Facebook Wow Center, or the app Wow Center. And you can fill that uh, guest card out by that and just submit, and then we'll get it. We've probably been getting close to, uh, it's over 10 now, and we've been responding to them and then calling to people. Bill Adams is helping me call guests and those of you that have responded. So if you have a spiritual experience with the Lord, you're touched, you're healed, you're saved, you're born again, or God does something in your life, this is the way you can communicate that to us. So please do that. Take advantage of that. It's real simple to form to fill out and just hit submit and it'll come to us. We'll respond to you also. It's our way of talking to you. So, and then your way of talking to us too it's so glad to see you today i visited earlier sylvia and i both we got to walk around to some cars that were here earlier and just say hello and uh, kind of visit you and see you check on check on you up front and uh, we're looking forward to today we can get back in the building amen but until that time this will do and thank the lord that we're able to do that so sylvia come pray for us today let's pray together let's work we had a tremendous uh, soaking prayer last night here inside. Man, the Lord just really fell on us. We interceded for the nation. We interceded for people. We interceded for our leaders and just really had a time of Holy Spirit just dropped in on us. And we're believing God. Listen, even though you, now, let me say this, if you're at home live streaming or watching or if you're in the car, there's a multitude of distractions that can distract us. So don't let that happen to you. I mean, you may be there at home in your pajamas. That's okay. You may be sitting there with your coffee, your breakfast, or whatever. That's okay. But don't let all the distractions hinder you. Let's focus in on worshiping the Lord. I really believe the Lord's got something special, deeper, a greater blessing for us today. He can touch you in, this, in your car. The Holy Spirit knows no distance or limits. So... Uh, we're kind of relaxed in this atmosphere, and uh, sometimes we forget. But let's focus on the Lord this morning, really worship Him, and uh, we're going to bless the Lord this morning. So, Sylvia, pray for us. Lord, we thank You that there's no rain. And we just declare that the rain will hold off until all these services are over today. Father, and we speak blessings on everyone that's come here today. We believe you that you're here, that you're sending your angels on this property, and people are going to be healed and ministered to and saved. We just thank you for your goodness. And we just say, King of glory, you're welcome on this property. Yes. King of glory, we welcome you yes. on this property. We welcome you in these cars. We welcome you in these homes. Yes, we appeal to heaven this day. Yes. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord this morning.
are our firm foundation. We build our life upon you. You are worthy. You are holy. You are righteous. You are mighty. We bless you, Jesus. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. And I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a foundation. And I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. Yes, Jesus. right where you're at. Just begin to tell him how worthy he is. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy.
come and fill this place with your glory, with your power, with your presence. Come and fill this place with your glory, with your power, with your presence. And fill this place. Just ask the Lord to fill this place. Fill this place with your glory, Lord. Fill each car with your presence. Let your glory fall all over this place, God, as we worship you. Come, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. Fill us. Fill us, Jesus. Fill us with your glory. Fill us with your power.
We worship you, Lord Jesus, this morning, Father. Thank you, God. We ask you, Lord. You already fill the atmosphere, God. But, Lord, we ask you to come and fill our hearts. Fill our hearts. Fill our spirit, oh God, again, once again, with your presence here this morning, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, not just this parking lot, Lord, but our heart within the atmosphere, Lord, inside of our car, inside of our home, God, where we, where we are right now, Father. Those watching live streaming, those that are called in, we've got five that called in, used to called in, call in feature this morning, brand new. Thank the Lord. Five people are hearing that weren't able to hear in the past few weeks. We thank you, Lord. Lord, your presence, your presence here today, God. We bless your name. We thank you. Come on, give him praise this morning, church. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Larry and the worship team. Thank you so much. As we've been doing in the last few weeks, uh, you'll be, have a chance to give your tithe, your offering as you leave. Thank you, guys and ladies, for being there at the exits as uh, they leave today and helping them to be able to make their tithe and uh, drop in those guest cards if you're a guest for the first time and you got a card or either you chose to do it on the website or the app to let us know that you're here and uh, we'll respond to you it's our way it's your way of communicating with us and then our way to be able to talk to you so we appreciate that I want to go on with our message uh, from the Beatitudes in uh, Matthew 5, I've got a special song we're going to do at the end today that we felt like in, in staff meeting, or at least I felt like in staff meeting on Tuesday, that be a great blessing to you. So they're preparing that. All of this is kind of still a little bit new to us, so we're trying to get it together. But I want to talk to you about today in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, going on with the Beatitudes. And this is the third one, and that Jesus himself spoke. He said, blessed are the meek, meek. For they shall inherit the earth. And if I were to give it a title today, this would be the title that I give up control, the freedom of total submission. So when you put meek and there, there's a hymn that talks about Jesus being meek and mild. And some of you may remember that hymn from old days. Describe Jesus as being meek and mild. But actually, if you and I'm not against hymns, but if you think about Jesus in that way, Meek and mild, it kind of describes Jesus as doesn't, is not very strong. And so that's not who Jesus is. Mild is really wrong thinking when it comes to understand what the biblical definition of meekness really is that Jesus talked about. You know, uh, when you talk about mild, when you go to a restaurant, which we can't do right now, except for takeouts and drive-ups and whatever's, but some restaurants you go to that have spicier food on the menu, it'll list. You can get it mild, regular, hot, or extra hot. But our English word for mild and meekness, it sounds too much like weakness. Meekness sounds too much like weakness when we think about it in our English vocabulary. And if that's the case, that meekness is weakness, I don't think there's many of us that want to sign up for weakness, are there? Is there? No, I don't think so. So when you put, uh, we've got to pin everything, tie everything down up here, the wind. But Jesus is telling us that there are things of value, and that's what he's saying in the Beatitudes. There are characteristics, there are principles of value 
that Jesus is encouraging us through the Beatitudes to pursue at all costs. And they're very much similar to the fruit of the Spirit that we see in Galatians chapter 5. And here listed in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 5, Jesus is listing one of those characteristics that you and I as a child of God that should describe us, that we should be able to identify with in our characteristic and our way of lifestyle is that of meekness. And so when we research the definition that Jesus gives of meekness, it has nothing to do with weakness. Jesus was not weak. Amen. Thank you. The Latin word for meekness, it's a hard word. <laughs> it's a mansuetos, and that's not really how you say it, but that's as close as I can get it. And it comes from typically Latin or Greek, two words put together to form a word. And the word comes from man, manu, which when you know Spanish, manu is your hand. Correct? Es correcto? Two, two Spanish speaking, three, four, five. It comes from the word the hand, and the other part of the word, esutus, it means used to. So when you put the word together for meekness, what it originally meant was used to the hand, that you got used to the hand. And actually, in most of the definitions that I look for to clarify that and explain that, so what's that mean? It's used in breaking a wild animal. And most of the time, it pictures that of breaking a wild horse. Anybody seen the wild Mustangs in North America story? And how they still, that's still a, a true story. They multiply so many every year. They have these Mustang roundups and they go out and they capture them. They herd them. They capture them. They, they pick them. They cull them, cull through them. Which ones they should keep. Which ones are mares. Which ones are colts. Which ones are stallions. And then which ones are going to be used to break and breed and sell. And so it carries that concept. Of, and I, I love this today. This is right up my alley. That is talking about taking a wild horse, when you first capture a wild horse, that wild horse, it is suspicious of a human being. It's very cautious of a human being. And it's uncontrollable. They're wild. And you're looking at a 1,000 to a possibly, Mustangs don't get this big, but other horses do, a 1,000 to a 1,500-pound animal. I want to tell you from experience, they don't even mean to, and they can hurt you by just their sudden movement. They can knock you down, and you don't even know what hit you. You felt like a freight train hit you. But it tells a story, and how this goes, that the horse, when they break them in the wild, they have to get the horse used to the hand, the touch of a human being. They take all of that wild passion and that wild strength that that animal has within itself, and they have to get it used to the hand, the touch, the voice. And what the human being wants to do, they have to bring that strength and subdue it and bring that strength under control. And when they do that, the horse becomes a peaceful animal. The wild look leaves his eye and, and the, the wild temperament calms down. And the Bible compares our fallen nature to the impulse of wild animals. Let me, I just found this this morning and I want to share some pieces of it because when meekness is not something that or I'm sorry, meekness is, meekness is something most of us have trouble with. Not everybody, but a lot of us do. 
especially the male gender. Our society, our culture, even the way we're created and wired by the Lord, uh, meekness is something that men typically have a hard time with because we're wired to be aggressive, hunters, and assertive in order to survive. Amen, guys? Amen, women. Have any of you noticed that about us? Okay, yeah. I, <laughs> I figured that would get the greater response. So that happens in the male gender. It happens in the animal world also with the male gender and species. So what happens, the Greek word for that meek, it comes from a different word than it does from Latin, but praus, P-R-A-U-S. And what it is, it's borrowed from military terminology. I don't know if we've got anybody here that did uh, equestrian military uh, duty that rode horses in the army but, or in the forces, but they still do that. And our law enforcement does that. And uh, what, it's borrowed from the military, and it relates to horse training. And what happens is the Greek army, here's what they do. They'd find the wildest horses in the mountains and bring them in to be broken in. After months of training, they would sort through the horses in categories. Some of the horses were turned loose. Some were broken and made useful for bearing burdens, carrying things, pulling wagons, whatever. Some were useful for ordinary duty. And a few of these horses that were selected because of how they were trained, they would become war horses. This is, I love this. I love this. And when a horse passed the conditioning required for a war horse, he was called, he was called described as this state of praus, P-R-A-U-S. And what that meant was meek in the Greek language. And the war horse, what it was, there, was, there began to be power but under authority, strength but under control. The war horse never ceased to be a determined strong and passionate animal they didn't want to break that or take that away from it that was useful however it learned to bring its nature passionate strong and determined under discipline and it gave up being a wild unruly out of control and rebellious horse that was no good the war horse learned to bring that nature under control and now listen to this it would respond to the slightest touch of the rider and a lot of times that's done with the knees, legs, and, he and heels, as well as hands. And uh, respond to the slightest touch. Stand in the face of cannon fire in the midst of the battlefield and thunder into battle, but yet be able to stop at the whisper of the rider's voice. That is the description of meek in that, in that respect. Jesus was the meekest person on the earth. The Bible mentions in two places where men were meek. One was Moses, and one was Jesus. The others of us had trouble with our temperament and attitudes and stuff. We know David was a warrior. David was a lover. <laughs> that lover part got him in trouble sometimes, but the warrior part helped him to accomplish God's purposes. So the Bible compares you and I, not only in our fallen state, but even after we're born again, sometimes our nature carries that characteristic of a wild uh, animal. Jeremiah 2 says this, Jeremiah 2, 23, 24. says, you are like swift camels entangling her ways. You're like a wild donkey accustomed to the wilderness that sniffs the wind in her passion. Now, these are not exactly flattering descriptions, but they do reveal our human nature being untamed and like a wild animal. And we have God-given strengths 
God wires us that way. I call it that. He wires us. He gifts us that way. But when they're not properly directed or brought into Holy Spirit control or submission, they, they're not useful for God's purposes, and they're not, they become unproductive and even destructive in some people's lives. People that have a very determined nature, if they can control that, that is good. They develop patience. They develop determination. They develop a not-quitting attitude. But the person who has that kind of a nature that it's not brought under control, they can be destructive. They can have anger that just flies off the handle and destroys and hurts people as well as can tear up items. To become useful for and for God's purposes, what happens is you and I need to get used to the hand. That's the definition of meekness. Used to the hand, hand of God on our life. Our strengths will be harnessed for good purposes, and then we will also experience peace in our life. You know, the greatest, amen, the greatest turmoil in my life is when my will conflicts the will of God. I've had plenty of those wrestling matches with God when I thought this was the right way to go or this is what I wanted to do, and the Lord was opposing me and saying, no, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to do this. Those areas, those times in my life have been the greatest times of lack of peace and unpeacefulness in my life. You come to peace when you surrender to God's will for your life. Meekness, <clears throat> meekness is best described as controlled strength. Meekness can tame the temper, subdue self, calm passions, manage the impulses of the heart, and bring, bring order out of chaos of the soul. The person who's characterized by meekness exhibits the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. Humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, contentedness. And it delivers us. Meekness delivers us from pride, harshness, aggression, vengeance, turmoil, self-opinionated attitudes, overbearingness, and short-temperedness. I want to be delivered of those things because that's how Jesus is. Okay. Jesus, through the Beatitudes of Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek. He said, for they shall inherit the earth. Wow. That's a positive benefit. Meekness comes through submitting. Meekness, again, is strength brought under control through submission. That English word submission, we don't like this word. We don't like what submission, what is required to bring submission in our life because somewhere along the line, we're going to have to die to self, flesh, what we want. And that's typically painful for all of us in some degree. The English word submission comes from two words, mission and sub. Submission means you put your mission under or subbing it under the mission of something or someone else. That's what submission is. You put your mission, your goal, your ideas, your desires, your drives, your dreams, your ambitions you put it under the submission of something or someone else. And it's only when you go back to the horse illustration, it's only when a horse submits to the bit and the bridle will it ever have any chance of winning the race or ever becoming useful for a greater purpose. Winning is only, and winning is only possible for you and I when our strengths are brought under that control and comes through submission. Wild horses or wild humans 
do not win races, especially the races that God has for us. So I want to talk to you real quick. Three areas where meekness is controlled, strength coming through submission. One is God word, God's word. The first one is God's word. Submitting to God's word. Now, on the surface, it doesn't sound like we'd have a hard time with that. But James chapter 121 says this. Instruction for every one of us, including me, all of us. James 1.21 says, receive with meekness the implanted word. Receive with submission. Receive with your thoughts, your dreams, your ambitions, your goals, your desires. Place down beneath, under God's word and God's will for your life. So receive meekness, with meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. This is not just talking about your first time salvation experience. This is talking about that will continue to bring God's salvation, mercy, and grace in your life. It's through a process, a lifetime process of submitting to the Lord. And you choose, you and I need to learn to choose to place ourselves under the authority of God's word, allowing God to shape what you believe, and then direct you through the Bible. Thank you. Every believer, I believe this, I have said this for years now, every child of God, every believer, every follower of Jesus Christ must have a biblical worldview. On marriage, on money, on your, your own walk with the Lord, your tithing, your giving, your money, your, your relationships with God, with each other, with your children, with your parenting. Every area of our life, a child of God should have a biblical worldview. What does that mean? It means that every aspect of our life needs to be understood and lived by the principles of truth as revealed by Scripture. That's what it's about. That's what being a child of God is about. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us this. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or the woman of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. God's Word is designed to help us to be equipped for every good work that the Lord has for your life. And as you and I submit to that Word of God, I don't like the Word of God sometimes. Come on, be honest, neither do you. I don't like the Word of God when it tells me I have to forgive that person that has violated me, that has hurt me, that has offended me, that I have to go to them, that I have to treat them with kindness, respect, and forgiveness. I don't like it when God's Word calls me on the carpet. Neither do you. But if you're going to submit and if you're going to live by, for God, and if you're going to be a successful Christian, if you're going to have that strength and all of those abilities God's given you, if you're going to bring them under control of the Holy Spirit and be useful in God's hands, we have to learn to submit to the Word of the Lord. Now, congregation, and that's what we try our best to do here, every one of those that are on staff and you that are in ministry or you that minister outside this church, you wouldn't be doing it if we didn't approve of you and your life. But the congregation where the Bible is highly valued and clearly taught is where we must be so that we're fed God's Word. You've got to be there. And if you're here today, if you're listening today, 
And I'm going to say this. If you're at a place where God's word is compromised or it's not taught, you need to pray and find out, does God really want me here? Or do I need to go to a place where the word of God is really taught, that's unadulterated, that's not diluted, that is preached in power and anointing of the Holy Spirit and truth? We can't play around in the day and the time that we're living in. But yet, to be in a congregation like that where the word is taught and preached and lived, it's also a dangerous place to be. Do you realize that? It's a dangerous place to be. Here's why. Because we all become responsible for putting what we hear into practice. Again, the book of James 1.22 says this, Show yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude or deceive themselves. The self-willed, the uncontrollable, the person that chooses against meekness, they'll hear what God says, but yet they come up with responses like this. And you may have heard people respond like this. Well, they say, well, it's my right to disagree with your interpretation. And God may say that, but I don't really believe that. Well, and, and there's some people you can show them verse. You can take the Bible and open it and point to the verse that's in red. That's the words of Jesus, and they can read it out loud, and they say, well, I read what it's saying, but I don't like that, and I don't have to live that life. It's amazing. And then others say, well, I'm not ready to move in that direction to really obey that. I, I, I can't do that. I, I'll do this over here. And we treat God's Word sometimes like it's a smorgasbord, or it's like a buffet that we go and we pick what we want. We pick what we like. We go to our favorite verses that bring comfort to us or bring help to us. Listen, read the whole Bible. Read the Bible in its context. Read the Bible as truth to your spirit. The person who will become meek and submit themselves to God. Jesus said, you will inherit the earth. And just think about it a minute. I'm going to say something more about it later. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 5. By the time of the end of his earthly life, Jesus had so submitted himself to God the Father that God gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. He inherited the earth. The second aspect of submitting ourselves to the Lord in meekness is submitting ourselves to God's will. First is word, then God's will. There will be times in your life, there will be times in your life that God puts you in a place that you would not have chosen. If you haven't experienced that yet, hang on, honey. He's going to get you there. It may be the place where you work. You say, well, this is not my first pick, but this is where they hired me, and this is where I am, and this is where my paycheck's from, but this is not what my first place. I'm going to tell you what, God's probably got you there to shape and to shape your destiny into what he wants you to become. You may be in a family. <laughs> you may be in a family that you said, man, if I'd have picked, it wouldn't have been this family. Now, I'm not talking about your spouse. You better have picked your spouse and chosen your spouse. But you may have been born into a family that said, man, I don't like this family. I, I, I'm not wild about this family. 
but God destined, predestined you to be born into that family. It may be a good family. It may not be a good family. But God's got you there for a reason. God does not make mistakes. <laughs> Somebody likes their family. It may be the church you're in. So I ain't wild about the church I'm in. But God may have you in that church. God may have you among that group of people. I've said it before. God may be using them to be sandpaper to take the rough edges off you. And God may be using you as sandpaper to take the rough edges off them. It's a mutual experience of God working through us to help each other to mature. Iron sharpens iron. That's a, that's a that iron sharpening iron. That's a that's a that's a spark flying uh, visual. For iron to be sharpened, there's some sparks that fly. There's some heat that's involved in it. Ray, you probably know all about that. You quote that to us as men all the time. As iron sharpens iron, men are to sharpen each other. And so it may be the church you're in, but God's placed you in that place. You may not have chosen it, but God's placed you there. It may be a difficult circumstance that you're in right now. It may be the health that you're experiencing right now. If You may be sitting here saying or listening, if I'd have chosen, I wouldn't have chosen to have gone through. I, I, didn't, choose, I didn't sign up for this. I don't like this. But I'm telling you, there's times that God will put you in a place in your life you would not have chosen. So what it means, what does it mean for your strength to be brought under control as you submit yourself to God? What does that mean? I want you to visually go with me to a garden called Gethsemane. It's late, it's dark, and three men are asleep on the ground. There's another man there, and as we draw near to this other man, we see the man's upper body is draped over a large stone. He's sweating profusely and in agony of soul, and he cries out, Father, if it's possible... Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I want you to take that mental visual image of Jesus, body draped over that stone in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's where he died. That's where his will died to God. That's where he determined to do God's will in that Garden of Prayer. The cross was just the follow-through. I don't want to take away from the cross, but we, we make so much of the cross. That was just the follow-through. That was just what had to happen to fulfill him dying there in the garden. And he, picture that. Get that picture of Jesus. Frame that picture. And you know, as pictures have a title to it, title that picture, Meekness. Jesus, given his will over. He was a human I said, God, when I, when I read those scriptures, I said, God, was Jesus in pain? And it's obvious Jesus was in pain. It said that his sweat became as drops of blood. That's an extreme condition in a person's body under stress where their capillaries break and the blood mixes in with the sweat glands and blood actually comes out of the sweat glands of the body. I'm sure that was physically painful. They describe it as physically painful. But the soul, the mind, the will that Jesus Christ and the emotions that Jesus Christ experienced in that garden, when the weight, when the weight 
of your sins and my sins and the sins of every human being in the whole world, the whole, all of creation came upon him in that garden. And he knew as a human being, just like you and I, you pinch yourself and it hurts. You hit yourself on something or you cut yourself and you bleed and it hurts. Just like Jesus, he was in pain there in the garden before the torture ever started. He was in pain in his emotions and pain in his soul and at pain in his mind. Struggling there to the point that he said, God, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. As a human Lord, is there not another way? But yet begin to cry out, not my will, but your will, Lord, be done. Frame that picture as meekness. That's meekness in its essence. That's Jesus Christ submitting himself to the will of God at an unimaginable cost. The death of crucifixion. Christ now calls you and I. Jesus calls you and I to follow him. Into that. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those that submit their will. To the word of God. To the will of God. Because he declares they will inherit the earth. Paul expressed it this way. I've already mentioned it. 1 Corinthians 15.30. The resurrection chapter. He talks about resurrection. But he said in order to experience resurrection. To be with Jesus. He said I die daily that's not something we really signed up for is it when we became a christian i thought i was going to sign up and have eternal life and be happy and every all my prayers answered and live a good life and and live a utopia for the rest of my life that's kind of what i thought until the first temptation came until the first attack of the enemy came until real life started operating again in my life and i found out i've got to die daily if i'm going to follow jesus as a matter of fact jesus says that you know that that those that seek to follow me must take up their cross daily and follow me. And part of that, the big part of that is dying to ourselves. The third part of meekness that I want to mention today is not only submitting to the word of God, to the will of God, but also submitting, submitting to God's people. Now here's where we probably will have a more difficult time than the other two. The, will of God, the word of God and the will of God. This third dimension of meekness, God calls us to submit to one another. Ephesians 5.21. Be submitted to one another in the fear of the reverence of the Lord. We quote that when we're talking about marriage. We especially as men quote that to the females and say, yeah, it says wives be submitted to your husband. But before it ever says that, it says in verse 21, to all of us, all of us, to be submitted to one another in the reverence and fear of the Lord. When God's people are filled with the Holy Spirit, there are, there are distinguishing marks and characteristics. In verse 19 of Ephesians 5, the first distinguishing mark is we have joy. We sing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. Amen. Second is that verse 20 says we have thankfulness. We come before the Lord with thanksgiving, praising Him, thanking Him. But the third characteristic or distinguishing mark of those that are filled with the Holy Spirit found in Ephesians 5 is verse 21, which I've just mentioned. We submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Our Western American culture is independent, autonomous, self-directed, disconnected. And that's us as Christians. We're seeing that even through COVID-19. You see the worst in people. You see the best in people. 
Some families are experiencing a togetherness. Some families are headed to divorce court as soon as the court opens up and they can get in there. That's Christians that the statistics are saying that. Statistics say that many Christians float from church to church, never connecting, never engaging with a congregation in order to reach maturity, Christian maturity. But, you know, if you live like that and you're not connected and you're not a member of a church and you're not really connected and engaged, who do you submit to if you're not connected to a local church? How can you obey the teachings that are not only in Ephesians 5.21, but all through the Bible where it says love one another? help one another, minister to the needs of one another if you're not committed to a gathered community of believers. I like what Pastor Terry says when she counsels people about tithing. She's straight up. She counsels people that comes in to help said, well, are you tithing? And they say, no, I don't really believe in tithing. And what's tithing got to do with it? What's church membership got to do with it? And she has a one-word answer. It's called commitment. You can't be married successfully unless you're committed. You can't serve the Lord successfully unless you're committed. And commitment takes some criteria and requirements to show, to prove, to validate that you're committed. It's loving one another. It's forgiving one another. It's not holding grudges against one another. It's giving to the kingdom of God so the gospel can go forth. It's all of those things and so much more than I could even mention in this short time today. So in this world, let me say this. Many people say, well, I'm accountable to a small group. Well, I've got an answer for that. There's a big difference between a group of friends chosen by you and a congregation that's gathered by God. You can take that and tweet that. Big difference between a group of friends chosen by you and then a congregation that's gathered by God, that's God's people. Meekness grows through the discipline of committed relationships in the body of Christ. And in this world of individualism where we live, how can you submit to others if you're not a committed member to Christ's body? Meekness is revealed in a congregation. You're going to have to, you're going to have that, you're going to have to bring your strengths, your ideas, what you value, you're going to have to bring that under control because there's other people that have just as valid an idea, a concept that you, than you do. And it's learning to, in the good sense of the word, a good compromise coming together and working out. Listen, this platform, this is not, this is not the idea of one person. One person had a piece of it, another person had a piece of it, and, and all together collaboratively. I guess that's a word it is now, collaboratively. We talked through it. We said, well, if you did that, then that's going to happen. But if you did it this way, this is going to happen. Listen, it's not my desire to be on this big platform. We started out with a little risers. But they said, yeah, but the people in the back can't see you. I said, okay, y'all do what you want. I just let go of it. We, we, we had different ideas, different concepts. But all of us coming together worked it out to where it is. And each week we tweak it. We go back on Tuesday and we talk about, hey, what worked, what didn't work, what can we do better, and, and how can we make it better for us. And, and we'll probably carry some of this into the building and when we get a chance to get back there one day, soon, in Jesus' name. So meekness has to work within a congregation. Meekness has to work at your work. You don't just, unless you're the boss and the top, top boss, 
you don't just do something your way. You're given a blueprint. You're given instructions. You're given an order. You're given idea. And if you don't fulfill it, you're not going to be there long. Some of you may have found that out. Well, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. Well, you do it your way, and they will tell you there's a highway. We don't do that in a church, hopefully. But meekness has to be revealed in a congregation at work. Meekness has to be revealed at home. If you're a dictator at home, your family may obey, but they may not like you. They may even hate you. They may dread you showing up, but they tolerate you and put up with you. You don't want that. You want them to love you. So you have to have meekness at home, in a congregation, at work, in every relationship when you, where you don't get your way. Whoa. Your impulse. When, you, when we don't get our way, our initial impulse usually is to run. Find another group. Find another marriage partner that will agree with me, that will do what I want them to do. Find a, quit this sorry job. Take this job and, and go find a place where I can do what I want to do. But God tells us in his word, submit to them. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. This is where maturity happens and meekness is formed in us. Because we, and we become blessed by the Lord. You want to be blessed by the Lord? Do what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 5. Become meek. Practice meekness. It's a practice. You don't just say, Lord, lay it on me, change me, transform me, and become weak overnight. You're going to have, it's just like patience. You're going to have plenty of opportunities to practice meekness, as well as patience, as well as all the other fruit of the Spirit. So how can you practice this if you, your pattern is just to run away or walk away or do whatever you want to do. Meekness will grow as you and I choose to submit ourselves to the Lord, to his word, and to others, even when we don't get our own way. I close with this this morning, then we're going to have a song. If you want prayer afterwards, you can stay and turn your flashers on. Our prayer team will come pray for you. Uh, don't run over each other as you leave the parking lot. Try not to pass somebody that may be giving. We don't want any accidents. Be safe. Uh, Jesus said this, Blessed are the meek, those who are willing to submit themselves to God, to his word, and to others, and to God's people, for they shall inherit the earth. Again, Jesus practiced meekness. He practiced submitting himself to the will of God, the plan of the Father. He has inherited the entire universe. That is your destiny, what God has for you. You can't have it if you're going to be a wild horse, unsubmissive, Continue to do your own thing. I pray over you today in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that you will practice meekness. You're going to have plenty of opportunities, even leaving the parking lot today. You're going to be tempted to cut in front of somebody. Whoa. You're going to be tempted to get out of here before somebody else gets out of here. You're going to be tempted to pass by somebody. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tried on this today, tomorrow, all this week, every day for the rest of your life. I pray over us that in the name of Jesus, that we would submit ourselves to the word of God, the will of God, and to the people of God. That, Father, your character, your nature, your likeness, your fruit would be formed in your people. That, Lord, this lost world would see that there is a God, and God is real through human beings. That we are the living word. We are the living epistle that is read and known by mankind today in this world. Bless your people, God. Give grace. Give strength during this time, Lord. Let me share this with you. I'm trying to hurry up. 
there was a, a lady last week when we to ask you to online turn in your prayer request or co commit with it, co communicate with. She didn't give her name. We know as a female, she identified herself. She said she's in healthcare profession. She's going through a terrible time. She's tired. She's worn out. She's on the front lines of giving health to people. Her husband evidently is in military. He's overseas stationed. They just notified him that he's going to have to extend a whole other year. I don't know if there's children in the family, but that would just comp compound the situation even more to be a single parent trying to deal with that. She said, I am tired. I am weary. She said, please pray for me. She said, she said, she said it was so tempting to stay for prayer, meaning last Sunday. But she sent it, she sent it in. She said, pray for me. I read that request. I read it by myself. I wept. I've emailed her back. If she's here today, she knows who she is. I've emailed her back. I've even forwarded her a YouTube time of worship and praise for her to listen to. That's very encouraging for her time of prayer and meditation on the Lord. But what the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, she is a type of so many that are going through something just like that. And Father, we lift her and the many others that are going through a time of turmoil, stress, a time, God, of frustration, a time, Lord, that anxiety is building in the home, in the heart, in the mind, in the soul. We pray for your shalom. We pray today, Holy Spirit, for your presence to come and speak peace, grace to us, Lord, as we come to you, God. And as we practice being meek, that, Lord, as we practice submitting ourselves, our stubbornness, our wills, our power, oh, God, all of that's within us. As we come, we submit to your will, to your word, to your people, Father, to one another. We pray this over your people today, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. I'd like for them to... I want him to play the song. You've heard the song before, but I felt like the Holy Spirit guided us. Turn it up, crank it up, let it rip. Sure. 
Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the water, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, says the word of the Lord. Father, today I bless your people. May the word of the living God, the Holy Spirit, O oh God, rest upon them to encourage, to strengthen, to work within their lives, to transform us into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the goal. We bless you today. Bless their week. Bless their jobs. Bless those, O oh God, that are out of work. Bless us, O Lord, to continue to get the food in, that we can help those that are in need. The finances, O oh God, to help those that need help in their bills, God. We thank you, God, for your graciousness, your kindness, Lord. As they depart today, God, as they pay their tithe, as they give their offerings, Lord. Lord, you are a faithful, faithful God. You don't owe us anything, nor could we pay for a blessing. But, oh God, we render unto God that which belongs to you today. In our tithing, and our offering, but more than that, in our worship, in our prayers, Lord. We thank you, we love you, we bless you. In the awesome name of the Lord Jesus, amen and amen and amen. Be safe in your leaving. If you want prayer, just stay in your place. Turn your flashers on. That way our prayer teams will know to come to you. If they get near you and don't seem to notice you, maybe honk your horn a little bit at them and so that they, have, they know where you are. Thank you. We love you. Have a